Hey guys, welcome to episode number 67 of the Mimi B Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard, and you're listening to the Mimi B Magazine podcast, a lifestyle podcast all on health, relationships, sex, career, and self-development. This podcast is designed to entertain, inspire, and to motivate you to become the best version of yourself possible. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey guys, today I'm here with Dr. Mona Vand. She is a health expert specialist living in LA and she is coming on the show today to answer some of your questions that you asked on my Insta stories. Welcome Mona, how are you doing? I'm great, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you on as well. So many of my followers asked me questions for you. I bet a bunch of them were already following you to begin with. You have such an amazing Instagram and YouTube, and I'm really happy to be doing this with you. Thank you. You know, it's funny. I have like a few friends in London, and one of them, after you posted it, reached out to me and was a big fan of you. So that was kind of cool. She's like, oh, I'm so excited you're going to be on the podcast. Oh my God, that's so funny. You know what? Yeah. I actually, I did a podcast yesterday with the VitaClean girls, and one of them said that oh, she yes, knew you. Oh, yes, that's who it was. <laughs> that's who it was? Well, it was the VitaClean girls. So Sarah's like one of my closest friends. So I know Sarah and Christina, but it was Sarah's really good friend that she that grew up with. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that's so nice. I love that so much. Okay, so should we just start with like your health journey, your story? Obviously, um, you you have a pharmacist degree, um, as you're the doctor, Mona Vand. Um, how did you start in in the whole health space and grow your audience so large? Um, I mean, I'm in the health space, I went to pharmacy school, and I, um, you know, that was like six years of my life that I thought was going to go in one direction. I thought I would work as a pharmacist. And, um, I went to school in Boston, which is like a very medical city. It's like a lot of students. So like everyone's kind of on the same track. And then I came to LA, my dad and brother lived in LA and, um, you know, I had always spent time here, but I came to like really just like fully move here and started working my first day and like absolutely hated it. Like hated the whole, I was like, Oh my God, I had like a freak out moment where I was like, I just spent six years in school studying for this thing. And like, now I have to work this job that I hate every day. I had like the worst first day and that kind of like planted the seed of like, what am I going to do with my life? Um, and then, you know, as the year, like maybe like a year went and throughout the whole first year, I was like, I've got to get out of this job. I don't like it. So I, I found a closed door pharmacy that was like a little more like office setting. And I was like, okay, this will be great because it's like more chill and I won't have to like be so stressed, like retail, like CVS setting. And then as I was doing that, I also hated it because it was like, I'm not fulfilled. And the one thing that really, it's funny, really got me was like in LA, everyone's a creative. So you, you're like, out, let's say I run an errand in the middle of the day, like everyone's out having lunch or like going to the beach. And I'm like, what is everyone doing all day? I don't understand because in, on the East coast, it's not like that. Everyone like goes to work and comes back at least like that was, you know, now it's like eight years ago. So I, um, one of the first friends that all the friends I kind of made when I moved here happened to be like models or actors or like in the media world. And one woman, she was like a news anchor. She was like, you should be the expert that comes on. Like for flu season, like we should have you on the KTLA. And that's when Dr. Oz was like really on the rise and like blogging was kind of new. So I was like, okay, maybe I can like 
kind of do a combo of all this and like make this into a career. Like maybe I can be the expert that, you know, talks about pharmacy, but makes it interesting to women like vitamins and supplements and like herbals and makeup and skincare. So that's when I first got the idea. And as soon as I got the idea and was like, this is what I would love doing with my life. Like I was laser focused and just like nothing could change my mind. So then I just started growing from there and you know, a million ups and downs, but just started pretty much putting out content constantly every day for years. Like it took like three or four years before I made any money doing it. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, A journey. Yeah. I feel like so many people think that, you know, having a social media presence or being like a social media influencer just happens overnight, but it literally takes so long and it's a lot of work. We we put so much work and effort into making it seem like we don't put a lot of work and effort into it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's a lot. You're really giving a lot. And like, I feel like, I mean, you know, when, when you're an influencer, one thing I always try to explain is like, you're asking for people's attention. So you have to give them something in return. So you have to constantly provide value and like give them interesting content and make sure you're like, you know, doing something or else what's the trade off. Like if you want them to pay attention to like what you have to say and you have to trade it off somehow. Yeah. You need to give value or else no one's mm-hmm. going to follow you or look at your content 100%. And that's what I think you do really well. Like I was checking out some of your YouTube videos today and your content's so good. Like the editing is amazing and it's so clear and concise Thank and you. really well presented. Like seriously, I was like, oh my God, how does she do all of that? Tell me you have a video editor. <laughs> oh my God. Of course I do. You know, I have so much respect for anyone on YouTube, which is like a lot of YouTube who edits their own videos. Like that was one thing. So actually, it's funny. I tried to launch a YouTube channel. Not lat- It's been one year since I've really launched this channel. But like two years before that, I was like, I'm going to try to do YouTube. So I started doing these like, like five or ten minute videos that I like, I don't know, just tried. And like I was editing them. My brother was helping me edit them. That's when he was kind of involved in my brand. And, and we were filming them ourselves. And it just failed so badly. And honestly, and then I wouldn't be consistent because – I don't know if people listening to this have ever tried, but even like filming a video and like rendering the content onto your computer and then sometimes the upload fails, it was just like, I couldn't do it. So then a year later, after I had just started like making some money and I was like a a little more into my career, two years later, I should say, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to pay someone to do it. I'm going to have my photographer. Literally all he does is come set up my camera. He films it for me and he transfers the data to my editor so I'm like, I want nothing to do with the footage. Like, let me just do my thing and you guys edit it. And like, that made the biggest difference for me. Yeah, 100%. Just delegating the tasks that you don't necessarily want to do. I think that's the biggest thing I've had to learn as well. Um, mm-hmm. I just recently hired my first assistant. And honestly, I was like, wow, my life is so much easier. Like, she's doing a lot of brand reach outs and, you know, answering my emails and stuff. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's it's so worth the money, especially if, if you want to grow as a business. Like, I think it's I so totally important. Agree. 100%. I, mean, I just started working with my assistant, Julie. It's been six months now, but I don't even know how I lived without her before. It was all, and it's, it's a big deal. Like, you, it's kind of cool that you said that because – she's the first like employee I've had or like someone I've hired. And it's almost like, it's a little bit nerve wracking in the beginning. Cause you're like, Oh God, I'm responsible for this person. Like, let me make sure like <laughs> I'm doing it right. Am I going to be like a good boss? Like am I providing her value? Like, is, is this a good investment? So it's a lot to go and do when you're starting out, but it's, it was the best thing ever. 
Yeah, 100%. Such a great investment. You're so right. Um, So let's go back to health because obviously that's what you specialize in. Um, You talk a lot about your skin health and, you know, uh, gut health and all that jazz. What are some of your like top health kind of habits that you do every single day that you cannot live without? Things that I cannot live without, um, eating a little bit of fruit every day, I cannot live without. Like there's something about how good it is for you, like how detoxing it is. Um, even if it's just like a half a cup, like even if like people are trying to watch their sugar, like just getting a little bit of organic fruit. I love, I have to drink a lot of water every day. If there's days that I don't, I can just see it like in my skin. I can just feel it. Like it just never feel as good when I don't. Um, I love to get like a little bit of movement in every day, but I don't every day. So I'd be lying if I said I did. Sometimes the day gets away from me and I don't, but I guess probably just eating a clean diet and drinking water. Those are the things that I like consistently do every day and skincare. I don't know if that's considered health, but I think it's, you know, your skin is an organ and it's part of your body. and It's like something I can't live without twice a day. Yeah. So what kind of like skincare products do you use? Do they all have to be toxic free and organic and all that stuff? You know, I'm actually transitioning into that. And like people have asked me that before and they, you know, cause I would still share products that weren't like completely toxic free. And a lot of people would ask why. And I was always, I'm always like a hundred percent authentic to what I'm still doing or what I'm still using. And I'm like, you know, it's really hard when you've had these products for a long time. Maybe there's like one ingredient in there that isn't as you know, now we're finding isn't as safe and you have to transition and like find the things that you can replace that you like as much. So slowly, but surely I've been like replacing up products, but there's still some things that most of them are clean. Just some of them aren't necessarily cruelty free or like, you know, um, there's like, you know, there's so many check marks, not all of them have hit every check mark, but I'll get there. Yeah, it is hard. And you know what? I'm the same. Like I get a lot of, you know, toxic free organic natural skincare from brands, but I still use my like drunk elephant, uh, brand, which I love. And obviously not all Mm -hmm. their stuff is natural or like there are some other products that, aren't 100% natural that actually really just work for my skin. So obviously that balance is so important. Like if you're doing most of the other things right, I think just a little bit of room for, um, you know, some toxic stuff is okay. (laughs) Well, that's how I also like try to make a point where like, I'm like, you know, I'm not perfect. And even though like, I so believe in like living the healthiest life you can, the reality is like, I'm not always going to be a hundred percent on it. So I don't ever want to make anyone else feel that like they need to feel bad if they're not like, just, just be you like, this is, this is my truth. And like, this is what I use. And I try to do it when I can for the most part. And I'll probably evolve because I think that's also the way the beauty world is going. Everyone's so much more conscious. So we'll just keep having more and more options as time goes. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned fruit there. And just to give you a bit of a background on my whole health journey, earlier this year, I found like the higher fat, kind of like that bulletproof diet, Um, Mm -hmm. that keto thing. I hate saying keto, though, because it it wasn't like cheeseburgers and bacon. You know what I mean? Um, But you did keto the healthy way. (laughs) I did the healthy keto. Um, And I still do like a higher healthy fat diet. Like I'm not afraid to have an entire avocado in one sitting, etc. But um, for a while, like I was actually scared of fruit. And like I spoke about my whole journey throughout the past few months on this podcast. And at this point now, I think I'm just really doing intuitive eating. So for example, today I had some grapes because I felt like it and I that that's okay. Like I don't think 
grapes are going to make me fat. You know what I mean? So how, so, but I obviously wouldn't overdo it crazily and have like 10 bananas a day, like some of those YouTubers do. So how, what do you say to your clients and people that follow you that say that fruit makes you fat and that you should never have fruit? Um, Because obviously you're an avid believer that some fruit every day is good for you. I just, I think I always like to ask those people like, exactly what else they ate throughout the day because it's I guarantee that something else they're eating has some form of processed sugar cane syrup like even if you don't even know it like it could be a cracker you're eating or whatever like a protein bar so to be afraid of like one banana is just a little bit mind-boggling to me I think it's just you know like what's there are these diets that are thrown at us but one thing I, I also really like to reiterate is there's a big difference between maybe being really fit, but really thinking about your health. And I think that some of these crazy diets might work for these like fitness professionals who like maybe just eat this really, really high protein diet and like no sugar. And maybe like they have these ripped bodies, but how are they going to look in 10 years? And like, what's actually going on in their body? And like, how are their kidneys? Like that high protein isn't good for your kidneys. So I really like to think full picture. I also like look at their skin. Like, are they breaking out? Are they swollen? Like, You just don't know what's going on with people. So I prefer to look at health and wellness like as your body as a whole. Now, I do think like having too much sugar isn't good. Like if I had it my way, I would eat like bowls of fruit every day. Like I don't think that's the best thing. So just limit it. Like I always say like have fruit on an empty stomach on its own. It's best digested without any other food. So an easy way to do it is to just have like a half a cup in the morning and then just have that be your fruit for the day. Like you don't have to overdo it, but don't be scared of it. Mm-hmm, absolutely. You know? What do you think about intermittent fasting? Because what I do, and this is like my routine at the moment and has been for a while, I'll have um, a coffee in the morning with some MCT oil in there and then I won't eat until like 11 a.m. and I wake up at like 5. So that yeah. is a pretty big fast for me. And like it makes me feel good and I eat when I'm hungry, um, hence the intuitive eating type thing. But, you know, there are a few people that are really against it. Um, what do you think about it? Um, I really like the idea of intermittent fasting. I think, um, it makes sense. Like you're constantly giving your body like things to work and digest and break down. And I think when you gave yourself like a little bit of time, I don't, I personally have never followed like the exact, like, you know, 10 hours or 15 hours or like there's, you know, there's different variations of how to do it. But I like the idea of spacing out instead of just kind of like snacking all day. And I also think it makes you more mindful of what you're doing because when, when you're, kind of like, okay, I'm not going to eat again until lunchtime. If you weren't really thinking that way, then if someone like at work was like, oh, do you want like some pretzels? You're like, yeah, I'll have some. Like you just don't think like you'll have this, you'll have this. And throughout the day, you're combining all these different foods and not thinking about it. So I like the idea of it a lot. Like I I eat dinner. I try to eat dinner at seven unless I'm going out to dinner, which is tough socially. Um, I try to eat around seven and then not eat again until like seven or eight in the morning. Then I'll have lunch at like 12 or 1 and then dinner at like 7, maybe like a snack in between. So I do like my own modification of it. Yeah, I think the intuitive thing I'm really just trying to do at the moment. And like, I don't know, earlier this year I was being so intense with like intermittent fasting, like no carbs, like healthy keto, all this stuff. But it just like... I kind of crash and burn a little bit. Like, if I had a little bit of something, I would just, like, kick myself out of ketosis. And, like, I don't know. It just – I feel like I need something more sustainable now. So, yeah, right. I, I love that, that you, idea. You just, you just nailed it because it's not sustainable. Like, you're not going to live your whole life like that. And if you are 
if it makes you happy though, great. If you love it and that's how you love to eat and you think it's good, like everyone has to do what's best for them. But if it's that hard and it's stressing you out, like everyone knows, and this sounds cliche, but it's genuinely true. Stressing about it that much is not going to get you your health and fitness goals. Like that's that, you know, that's just like counter counterintuitive. So try to do something that's sustainable, which is like why I try to teach people to really just get back to the basics and like the root of health and food, just eat clean, simple, real foods, no matter what diet you're following, no matter what your ratio of carbs, fat and protein, just make sure you're eating like the cleanest you can. And like that will carry you through in the long run. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So you're plant-based. Do you have any mm-hmm. like eggs or fish ever or no? No, I don't. I, that, those were the last, those were the pretty much only things I ate before I went plant-based. And I would say like, if I was ever, you know, if I was ever going to go back, like the one thing, if, if I was the one thing I'd probably eat maybe would be fish or eggs, but I don't, I feel great, you know, in the diet I'm doing. So I don't ever feel the need to. So I had a few questions from my followers that are also plant-based that want advice from you. Um, one of the girls asked what she should do for protein if she mm-hmm. is allergic to beans and doesn't want to have soy. Doesn't want to have so- Well, there's a different, like, I agree with not having, like, too much soy. Even myself, I used to eat a lot of tofu. And I never eat it anymore. But there's certain kinds of soy that aren't like, like edamame is like a soybean and it's fermented soy. And there's tempeh. Like tempeh is a really great source of vegan protein and it's like a healthy source of soy. And eating it two or three times, even once a week, twice a week is really not going to do you any harm. It's actually very good for you. So I would try tempeh, especially if she's allergic. It's beans she's allergic to. Yeah, she said she is intolerant to beans. Intolerant to beans. But you know, lentils, are they technically a bean? No, they're a legume. Yeah, so she so could do that. She could try. Yeah, and also since she's intolerant, like, let's see, since lentils are, like, borderline, maybe experiment. One of the biggest things that you can do is have, like, an empty stomach, like, a clear, like maybe, you know, don't eat that morning. Eat something, test it, watch how you feel. Like, write it down in a journal. Like, take a picture of your stomach. See if you bloat. That's what I did to figure out, like, how certain things like, I react to. Mm-hmm. And if you're intolerant or something, doesn't mean you can't eat it ever, especially if you're really trying to get a certain amount of protein. Um, pea protein is the easiest digested form of protein of all plant-based protein. It's like the cleanest, it's um, the most dense, and our bodies are able to digest it really well. So even if she wants to add like a vegan protein powder, I'd recommend just getting like a plain pea protein and then just you know, flavoring it yourself with like some stevia or cacao or cinnamon or something. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And like quinoa too, that has a lot of protein, doesn't it? Quinoa has a lot of protein. Vegetables have protein. I know people don't think of it as like a high source of protein, but they do. Um, I don't know if you guys, I know in London, or in, if she's in the UK, you guys just got the Beyond Burger too. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I haven't even tried it yet, but I really want to try it. Oh, that one's amazing. It's made from pea protein. It's like gluten-free, soy-free, 20 grams of protein. I love that. I have that in my freezer as like my emergency meals always. Amazing. Um, that is so cool. Thing, just just remember that depend I mean, whatever maybe she has specific fitness goals and protein goals, but for the most part, you don't need as much protein as you think. If the average person needs around maybe eighty grams of protein, like you and you're probably gonna get that throughout your day. So I would just think about like 
don't, don't overdo it on the protein. It's not the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no such thing as like a protein deficiency. <laughs> it's, it's not, I, I love that one because like, who's ever gone to the doctor and been sick for a protein deficiency? <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. So how do you feel like, what do you eat to feel your most like energetic and clear minded self? Obviously you eat a really healthy plant-based diet, a diet. Uh And, um, I was looking at your YouTube channel, like I said, and it's full of vegetables and like just a bunch of different colors. Um, Mm -hmm. are there certain foods or meals that you eat that just give you a ton of energy? Um, you know, it's interesting because I feel like when I'm eating food that I know is good for me or that's really beautiful or bright or like fresh, I instantly feel happy and all of that resonates, right? Like when you're happy, you're more energetic. So even eating well just kind of does something for my mood. Um, I love eating like really fresh, like smoothies or fruit. Um, I actually love like big salads, but I I tend to, I'm having a little bit of like (laughs) having this like really bad bloating issue that I've been dealing with for like eight months and I'm not supposed to eat a lot of raw veggies right now. Raw can be really hard in your stomach if you're not used to it, but I'm working my way up there. So really what's making me feel the best is like, I'll have a bunch of fresh vegetables, but like steam them and cook them like softer foods. If someone's trying to go plant-based can help you transition because sometimes going from like all cooked food to raw food can be a little hard in your stomach. Mm. Yeah. Herbal teas make me feel really good. Like they really, like I love coffee and I'll always like enjoy coffee my whole life. But I, so there's something about an herbal tea that just makes you feel like your stomach feel calm and you feel like it just helps like detox and digest you. So I really like having that in the morning and like afternoon also. Totally. Also, if I eat too much during a meal, if I have a mint tea afterwards, it's literally life changing. Like I feel so much better afterwards. I no, it's it. and it's that's just real. That's I mean, and the thing is, other cultures and like years ago, people knew this. Like I'm Persian, and we have mint like as like it's like garnish, but we eat it. Like we eat it with our meals. We have it on the table. Like it relaxes your stomach, prevents spasms. So it's a great idea. You could even just take some fresh mint leaves and put it in hot water. Yeah, that's what I've done before. It's so good and it's really tasty. It's so good. Okay, so obviously with your pharmacist background, we got to talk about supplements. What do you think about supplements? What are some that you cannot go without and which ones are the most beneficial for women? Um, I'm really not big on recommending supplements to someone without knowing what's actually going on with them. I'm not a fan of taking multivitamins over the counter when you don't know. So my thing that I tell everyone to do is get a really detailed blood test. It's called a micronutrient test. And this is um, different than a regular blood test that you would get. A regular blood test just checks like the levels in your blood that's floating around. The micronutrient test actually goes into your cells and sees what you're absorbing. So usually it takes a lot more blood. So if you do it, you might need to drink a lot of water that day. It takes sometimes like six or seven tubes to do this whole panel. Um, But once you do this test, like I'm a huge fan of diagnostic testing. I would do that. I would do like the 23andMe, any kind of DNA panel, get all that analyzed because the DNA you only have to do once. It's not like you have to continue it, you know, Um, and then go from there and see, like you'll never know what you're deficient in. Like I... I mean, I eat like loads of almond butter and olive oil and coconut. Like I'm, I'm vegan, you know, you, I eat so many healthy fats, but I'm, I'm deficient in omegas because my body just, I don't have an enzyme that like converts it well. So I have to take a supplement, but B12 iron is all perfect for me. And I don't touch red meat ever. Yeah. So you just don't know. Like I don't, I normally every vegan thinks they should take a B12 supplement. I don't need one personally, but you know. 
Mm-hmm. You just I, don't know what's going on. Yeah, I take a magnesium at night, and I've started to take, like, a probiotic during the day and, like, a fish oil um, pill and stuff. And I'm just, like, I haven't done the big tests like that. I need to. It's on my list of things to do. But I honestly mm-hmm. just self-experiment for a certain amount of time and just see how I feel. But Yeah, you can also do that, too. Like, just try it out and see what works for you. Yeah, it could be a waste of money, though, because supplements are really expensive. I mean, yeah, I would – I think that doing the test would really help, like – if you're taking it and everything feels great and it's not, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's, that's fine. But even probiotics, there's so many different kinds. Like, and there's prebiotics and probiotics. Like, it's good to just know what's going on first and go from there. Like, I don't know. I think yeah. I think a test is best. It's a little bit of an investment at first, but it's it's better than wasting your money, like, on one supplement one month and one another month and just, like, having a good foundation and knowing what's going to work for you. No, I totally agree with that. Um Yeah, so I actually got so many questions on weight loss. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of, you know, best tip for targeting tummy fat, best weight loss tips, like what to do to lose 10 pounds in two months. So do you have any tips for that? Obviously, weight loss, we want to say it's like a lifestyle and and it's not just like a quick diet fix. And I don't know about you, but I don't think you can target tummy fat specifically um can't it sucks (laughs) I wish you could (laughs) but so what are some of your top kind of pointers for these people that want to lose fat well one thing about tummy fat is a lot of what you think is fat is bloating um which is why like sometimes in the morning you feel extra skinny but then like later in the day like it's not like your fat changes in 10 hours you know (laughs) it's just that you're digested so taking what we talked about earlier I really recommend taking those breaks in between meals and seeing what that does for you. It really was like game changing for me and I'm not fully there, but that's made a huge difference. You can't target where you lose fat. It's, it's just the same reason why some people, I wish I could have an answer to this, but it's the same reason why, you know, when I gain weight, it goes all to my stomach. But when, you know, my girlfriend Erica gains weight, it goes all to her arms and her stomach never moves an inch. Like, you know what? She has one thing. I have another so everyone has it differently, but I would say, I think hit workouts I've seen work the best for me and for people around me, for anyone, like I've just noticed it with numerous people around me. Anyone who's made like a really good drastic, like health change has done some kind of cardio with resistance training and eating clean. Like it's really back to the basics, eating very clean, eating healthy and exercising consistently. Like that's the recipe that will always be the recipe. There's no like you know, I'm not going to touch fruit and I'm only going to eat high fat for like a month. Maybe you'll lose the weight, but it's like, it's not sustainable. Now, if you have something really important coming up and you want to try like an intense keto diet or paleo, because that works for you, that could be a great kickstart. But I would really recommend learning how to do something sustainable after that. If you need something to make you feel good right away, but learn the long way, the long run. So do you follow generally a, a paleo-ish diet? Like I haven't seen you eat much like pasta and bread and stuff. Oh no, I actually love bread. Oh my God. <laughs> I love bread. Um, I, I, I go to, um, what was I going to say? What, do I follow a what diet? Paleo. Oh, paleo. No, I don't. I just know. I mean, it seems like right now, like I've seen a few people around me like really do well on like keto or paleo or like when they've really tried to lose weight quickly. I, I'm not a huge fan of it. I prefer just eating clean, but if that's what people really want to do and try, that's okay. Um, I, I eat bread like, but like I said, my biggest thing is eating like simple ingredients. I noticed that when I was in Europe, actually, um, 
when I was in Turkey, I was eating like bread and I was eating right and just, and I never felt bloated. My digestion was amazing. Like I felt like I, it was just something that always stuck with me because I was there for three weeks. And then as soon as I came back, it just wasn't like that. So I go to the farmer's market every Sunday and there's like this guy who comes and he has like, he makes his own bread. And I'm always like, what's your simplest one? He gives me like the cleanest one. That's where I get all my produce. So that's kind of my philosophy on eating is to just keep it as clean as possible. But I'm not like afraid of pasta or bread. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also I like, just but, like you know, the for pasta, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't eat white pasta. I get like chickpea pasta or lentil pasta. Like there's so many amazing options now. Yeah. And, and that's the thing too. It's like you aren't eating those. Well, for the most part, from what I've seen, you're not eating like the packaged, like wonder bread no, or no. the frozen, like vegan soy filled, like toxic filled meats. Um, you know, I, I think just going back to the basics pretty much will work for everyone quality over it, everything. And really, and honestly, yeah. it's, it's how I feel like I look and feel the best I ever have, and I'm 33, and, like... You no know, way. Like, you are not 33. I am. Shut I know, up. You know, people always assume I'm, like, 24, 25. I'm, like, no. Like, you don't have to feel like your best in your 20s. Like, it's not... And, honestly, if you saw what I ate, like, it's so simple. Like, and it might seem boring, but, like, first of all, there's... Well, let me point out one thing. Let's just be really real. There's a bit of sacrifice if you really want to have a great physique and, like, feel really good. Like... I still love the food I eat, but like what I love to eat French fries when I smell them. Yes. Like, do I crave certain things? Like, do I want like ice cream sometimes? Yes. Do I, and I, I fight it, but I like what I eat. Like I eat really simple. Like I'll make like quinoa or oatmeal in the morning. Like I love cooking quinoa. I have this amazing recipe on my website that I created. It's just literally like you boil it just like you would cook it. Add some like almond or coconut milk, add some cacao, add a little bit of stevia, and it literally tastes like you're eating like chocolate oatmeal. It's amazing. And you can even add like a little bit of almond butter. I'll add like nutmeg and like cardamom, and it's so good. Mm. So I'll have something like, yeah, and you're, and this is all like super clean, fresh ingredients. I get sprouted quinoa, so it's like easier to digest. For lunch, I'll like literally steam a bunch of vegetables, and I'll, I'll even eat like a little bit of white rice or brown rice. Um, rice is actually, I think given a bad rep, but it's really easily digested. Like one of the easiest, that's why I like the brat diet when you're sick, rice is on it because it's just really easy on your stomach. So sometimes I'll have a little rice or I'll do it over like a lentil or chickpea pasta. And then for dinner, I'll have maybe like some tempeh. I'll cook, take some like organic tomato sauce, like cook it on a pot, like some spinach. I'll do like nutritional yeast and I'll put it over like more like a salad. Like I eat really good, like just clean food. It's just simple. There's not mm-hmm. much to it. Mm-hmm. So I had a question here about binge eating, and obviously it seems mm-hmm. like your portions are are very normal and and really good quality food. Have you ever suffered with like binge eating? I know, um, you know, I definitely did a few years ago. I'd always want to eat too much, and it was like an addictive thing with food. Um, and and how would somebody kind of get over that? It's a really hard thing to get over, and I feel like so many women struggle with it, especially. I actually, no, did you throw up or did you just eat? Um, no, I would just like, like even now like, I'll eat. eat too much sometimes. Not that I was like an eating disorder for me, but like, I just like sometimes can't stop eating. <laughs> no, um, what, what's, what's interesting is like, I completely relate and like, I've really been there and I remember there was time like, and I don't know if I think that was times when I was really obsessing over like how many calories I had to eat or what I had to eat. And I would eat, almost do it where I would 
eat a bunch, but I wouldn't really want anyone to see me doing it. And that's when it struck me as a little weird where I was never, I've never had like an eating disorder route, like throw it up. But if I'd be home, I would love to just like, like eat huge, huge bowls of cereal and like chips and like totally binge. And I would feel like horrible after. So I've definitely been there, but I think just like honestly controlling the, the time between meals has really, really helped me. And look like, if it's a Friday night and you have a friend over and you guys are going to like totally veg out, like that's not a big deal. But if you're doing it all the time, then I think you have to think about like why you're doing it. Are you doing it when no one else is around? Like, do you think it's like an issue? Um, you know, are you starving yourself earlier in the day? And that's why you get so hungry at night. If you're not giving into any cravings and then all of a sudden you just like can't hold yourself. Like I noticed when I would like eat mindlessly is when I was like so hungry and got home and didn't want to have time to make something. And I just wanted whatever was in front of me. Mm-hmm. Then I would just, like, sit and, like, not even pay attention to what I was eating. For sure. I think it's so emotional. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I eat so well now, and I'm always kind of satiated. I'm not, like, eating, you know, too little calories. So I haven't felt this in a while. Except, actually, mm-hmm. the other night. I Like, the other night I wanted, like, I was, like, in total eating mode. But, like, it, it's happening a lot less these days but I remember a few years ago like I would always because like I don't know about you but I've tried every crash diet there is out there and like I I did in the past I tried everyone yeah like I did like the cabbage soup diet I did like I did literally everything (laughs) and um like I just remember back then like in high school and stuff like I'd always like you know be so restricted during the day and then at night I just like want to eat the entire world and it was such like a negative pattern I think like looking back the only thing that kind of got me out of that pattern is um you know just like going at it in more of like a health kind of perspective uh-huh. I think when I stopped looking at food as like this way to lose weight or to gain weight and saw it as more of like oh this could improve my health oh this could you know feed disease like which one am I going to choose um that just really helped me because it's like treating I have this whole philosophy and it's like I talk about this in my Instagram a lot it's like when you look at your body with love and you treat it with love you're less likely to do the things that you don't want to do so it's like you're less likely to overeat or eat those the unhealthy things because it's like oh you love yourself enough to treat your body well and with respect and with good quality nutritious food like you're gonna pick the organic option you're you're gonna you know stop eating when you're satiated because it's like bad on your digestion if you don't you know so I think that's a really good mentality that's like that's the best mentality like I think I mean you have it so right and when you even you're saying like thinking about health if that's exactly how I look at food like when I'm taking out like veggies I'm cutting or fruit or like even grains I'm like thinking about like how much it's going to nourish me and like how everything's going to be and it and it's makes it a more like just like loving process on your body like and one thing I think I was doing wrong in the past I didn't realize either was eat all my meals would be so light like it would just be like a little salad and that would be it and I wasn't really I don't think I was actually like giving myself something that was fulfilling enough and at the time like you know when you're first getting into health you're just thinking of like eating light is the best but it's not like that I got like way too skinny. I didn't even notice it. Then had to like work to like get back and get healthy again. So I think making sure that you're nourishing yourself at every meal, like I make sure that my breakfast, lunch, and dinner are all like something that's really going to sustain me. Like whether it is like the bowl of like quinoa or like if it's an acai bowl and I add some protein powder, I never would just like before, maybe I could just have the smoothie, but I make sure that everything I have is going to like keep me full until that next meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like if, if you are healthy and you become 
healthy and you eat until you're satiated, not until you're overly bloated and full and you're eating really good, you know, hearty meals that make you feel good at the same time, um, your body, you're inevitably going to change physically if you're not in that healthy spot to begin with. So it's like, I feel like this whole focus around like weight loss, fat loss, and like doing anything possible to lose fat. It's like, I don't know, I think the world is changing now. And it's like being healthy and being radiant and like having the whites of your eyes really clear and like really good skin because of the way you're eating is such a sexier thing than being like stick thin like that trend in the early 2000s the whole Kate Moss trend of being like stick skinny and smoking cigarettes and not eating like that's just so no 100 it's completely changed like that's why like skinny isn't sexy like healthy is sexy you have I mean being fit like having a good glow to your skin like being happy like seeing that you love yourself, like eat all of that's going to make you better. Like if you're not eating well, like it's, it's actually one of the best motivators for women is like, you can, if you think that starving yourself is going to make you skinny, maybe it will make you skinny for a minute, but think about what it's going to do to your skin. Like, do you want to be skinny and look 10 years older than you are and totally. and like have, and have poor posture and you know, like it's going to affect your bones. It's going to affect like your risk of disease. So that's not sexy at all. Like, it just, you know, be healthy and fit and happy. And that, I mean, happiness and confidence is like the sexiest thing to people anyway. Yeah. And like just feeling good about yourself. And again, going mm-hmm. back to love, like loving yourself kind of breeds confidence, I think. And if totally. you want to lose weight to look hot and like get that guy or, you know, get whatever you want, because I don't know, I think at the end of the day, it's it's not, you, you don't want to lose weight to be healthy a lot of the time you want to lose weight for something more materialistic from what I've seen um Mm -hmm. unless you have like a good mentality about it but what I was trying to get to is like at the end of the day if you have that self-love and confidence like that will bring you more of what you want um in 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 retrospect so I totally agree also like what like what you think um even if you're doing it to attract a guy like just know for the most part like they don't even like that really skinny look like it's not attractive they Sometimes, don't. you know they don't a guy wants to see like you know it's someone who's like healthy and happy like you don't want to look weak I feel like when you look too skinny it almost looks like weak and fragile yeah I feel like that really skinny look is like for girls to get some sort of attention from like their competitors like the other girls you know I feel like right most it's just men, not it's like, not healthy all around yeah it's definitely not healthy I think a lot yeah. of men um especially like talking to my boyfriend about it too it's like they like a butt they like you know something to grab yes. onto exactly yeah all right so let's talk about skin um obviously you have incredible skin glowing um thank you did you ever suffer with like any skin issues how did you solve them if so um, I did. I had, I, I had like skin issues. I mean, in college, like I, I think it really started my last year when I was studying for my boards and I really got stressed and was breaking out. Um, but once I, once I finished school and I wasn't, I actually wasn't vegan for a few years. I've been vegan for five years now. I was constantly like having, you know, those like underground ones where you have to go get them extracted out, like the mm. milia and comedones. Like that's what I always had. It wasn't like inflamed acne, but it was always something like that. Just never good skin texture. Honestly, like once I like completely changed like my vegan diet, like how I looked at health, like really made it a lifestyle. I really think all of it came together. I don't think that's to like not give credit to getting like a facial every month. I make sure I get like just like a general monthly facial. I'm so good about my skincare. I wear sunscreen. Like I 
you know, I have my morning and night routine that I never miss because I love it. It's not a chore to me. I think all of it comes into play, but diet and lifestyle is huge. Mm. Yeah, absolutely agreed. All right. Well, we're at 40 minutes, Mona. I had such a nice time chatting with you. Thank you so much again. Um, Could you let our listeners know where to find you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, On every social media channel, it's Dr. Mona Van, D-R-M-O-N-A-V-A-N-D. And most of my content is on Instagram, YouTube, and my website, drmonavan.com. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.